0: Good morning, Restoration Church. Are you glad to be here today? Uh, I am as well really excited. Before we get into our message this morning, we want to talk about Kingdom Builders and our miracle offering, which we received two weeks ago. If you are, if it's your first time here today, just want to catch you up to this- Speed. Um, at Restoration Church, we give our tithe, which is 10% of our income, uh, to our local church, believing that that's what God has called us to do as Christians. We also, at Restoration Church, we have people who are kingdom builders who give above their tithe to kingdom builders, and it goes to three types of projects, global missions, local church expansion, and future Christian leaders. And a year ago, we set a goal for 2019, that we would raise $50,000. Collectively, we would give $50,000 toward Kingdom Builders this year. And in October, we passed that goal, which was absolutely mind-blowing to us. So we knew we had to. We had a lot of year left. We needed to do a. Um, we needed to do bonus projects this year. And so we. We had projects planned for 2020, and so we took our most urgent project from 2020 and brought it into this year and said, hey, let's try to go after um, adding this as a bonus project. If we hit this, we'll look at more bonus projects, but this will be probably enough for us for this entire year, and we um, we announced our bonus project, which was to drill a well on the property of an orphanage in Tanzania. It's an orphanage that we're, uh, that we're close with. Uh, I've been there personally five times. Um, the, it was founded by someone in our church. It's currently directed by people in our church. And, um, and so what we wanted to do is drill a well on that property for the orphanage. And we laid this out before us. And um, it was a big goal. Um, it was a, a, it's a big... Um, it's a big big idea for us for an offering, but we just were believing this is a project God wants us to do this year. He set us up for it. So before we talk about anything else, I want to invite the directors of the orphanage to be up on stage with me. Will you please welcome Larry and Linda Wright to the stage? <clears throat> Let's go ahead and pull, pull in close. <laughs> guys. Um, um, you know, I was in Africa with Larry and Linda when we, uh, they didn't know this, but we decided this was going to be our bonus project for this year because I was in Africa when I found out we passed our $50,000 goal. And we really wanted to, we really wanted this project to be next year and Larry and Linda thought this project was for next year. Our, our, we knew it would, it would take us some while, take us a little bit of while, take us a little while to raise the money. And uh, as we told them, as we told Bishop Mordecai, the uh, um, the pastor in Africa that they work with, um, is to really to prepare to drill the well in January of 2021. To think we're here now, but think it's a year process um, for to you, you know as we're giving little by little. Um, but we did set a goal for fifteen thousand dollars. I told you guys I thought we would, um, we would hit that in that singular offering, and I'm really excited to tell you we did do that. Yes! So I have a check that we would like to present to, um, to Eastern Gate Ministries, and I do want you to know that it's actually a check for $20,000. And so you have the opportunity right now to also install a solar pump to have the entire orphanage plumbed, if you would desire, but that extra $5,000 is to the project you see fit. So drill that well, use the extra $5,000 toward the orphanage, and man, Restoration Church. What an impact. Would you like to... Can, would you like to say anything? Would that I just want to give you... You don't have to. I'm not <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you so much, and this is incredible. Um, this is something that... You know, when, I t- when we took this over from John three years ago, we always had this vision of a well. Uh, as we said in the videos, it's unstable water, it's unclean water, it's expensive water when we have to ship it in. And now... With this 20,000, we'll be able to drill the well. We'll be able to pump in. We'll be able to plumb and have running water. The kids will take showers. Today, it's a splash out of a bucket. There will be toilets that flush. There will be sinks outside the dining hall to wash their hands with, to wash dishes with. It will be incredible. So thank you so much. Man, absolutely love you guys. And... um you know, um, one of the verses in scripture says, uh, don't grow weary in well-doing. And certainly there's seasons where you're here in New Hampshire trying to run an orphanage on another continent where it feels weary and it feels as if um, as if it'll never take that next step. And I, this is a gift from us, but really I want you to know it's a gift from God. It's Him And it's his affirmation on you guys and what you're doing. And so, anyway, be blessed. We love you guys. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, put your hands together again, everybody, every location. Amazing. Amazing. You know, one of the... One of the things about our miracle offering, so our miracle offering, it was our our goal, our plan to hit this $15,000 goal, we went above that, which was beyond our expectation. Um, After the first service two weeks ago, people walked out to me and they said, get ready for bonus, bonus projects because we went above $15,000 and and just in the Dover first service. And I'm like, that's a lot of faith. And and, um, because we never... We, we had never received an offering like that, uh, an additional above the tithe offering like that before, in my recollection, in the church's history. So I want you to know we do have to prepare for some bonus, bonus projects. Um, uh, because uh, we were not prepared that after we gave a $15,000, and a tw- then a $20,000 gift to EGMI, we were not prepared to have $35,000 left over. <laughs> <laughs> so f- for those of you who are, who, who, who are not exceptional at math, our miracle offering total, one Sunday, was fifty-five thousand dollars, seven hundred eighty-seven dollars and ninety-five cents. Wow. Fifty-five thousand seven hundred eighty-seven dollars and ninety-five cents. Wow. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I. I don't even know. I don't even, it is, it is un, um, uh, the only thing we can do is kind of go back to our core values. And it's this, one of this is one of our core values that we, that we uh, professed in one of the worst staff meetings we'd ever had. (laughs) And we said, our God is able we don't know how. We don't know when. We don't. We know we can't do it, but we know this: our God is able. We held on to that through a very difficult season, and uh, and that's been true. And when we are on this side now of a miracle, we express the same exact thing: our God is able. So I want you to know we do not. Um, we've met as a staff. We've met as a deacon board, and we are not prepared. We and we were not prepared, and we're not prepared. We don't have bonus projects to announce to you because we were not prepared at all to um, for for God to move in that type of way. So there is thirty-five thousand seven hundred and eighty-seven dollars that right now we um, we're not sure what to do. We don't want to do. We don't. Our um, plan is never to do something impulsively. We want to plan and pray. And so that's what—that's the season we're in. We know that we had a, a list of goals and projects for 2020. It's global missions projects, uh, their local church expansion projects, their future Christian leader projects. We know we have those for next year. Our initial thought is, you know, once we hit our first goal, we took the most urgent project and brought it into 2019. Um, that seems to be our next thought, is maybe we take our next most urgent project from 2020 and bring that into 2019, but we want to make sure that we have time to pray about that. So will you give us time to do that? Yes. Anybody else willing to give us the time? Like, oh, you decide now in front of all of us. <laughs> No, are you willing? Could you just nod your head or give a shout? Yes, you'll let us think about that. Thank you. Thank you. So I don't know when, I mean, I don't, we, just as we were in our, we had a deacon meeting Thursday night and just like talking about, man, what is God doing? What, what it, it is really, really exceptional. And uh, I thank you for being obedient to God and I thank God for, for just allowing us to enter a new season of impacting the world, a new season of impacting the world. When um, you know, I don't know if it was in, in March or May of last uh, of this year, 2019, when I sat down with Larry and said, "What what are your dream projects?" And he listed out three, and um, in my heart, I wanted to do that entire well project, but with my mouth, I said, uh, "We'll drill the well." And i I just believe we can do that. and then here we are several months later and, uh, and we're able to have uh, to, to, to do both. It's amazing. Guys, I think about this this miracle offering. think about how amazing it is. I mentioned, I mentioned the core value our God is able, but what happened last week? Um, or two, weeks, two weeks ago, last week, and even today, we received another, another gift toward a miracle offering. Um, it connects to a few of our core values. So it's certainly our God is able, and we know that. We've seen that. It is shocking and surprising and, and, and amazing. It speaks to our core value together. There's not one individual who wrote $54,000 and the rest of us gave 1000 it was teenagers bringing in gifts of four hundred dollars. It was young adults bringing in four-digit gifts. It was young married couples bringing in. It was people on. Uh, it, it was uh, people with uh, with very limited income saying, "I'm gonna I'm gonna give fifty dollars and, and 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 not knowing what was gonna happen. It was every single one of us doing our part giving together and we see what happens the power of a church united around a singular cause we see the power of a church united we know our mission is to reach just one more and we in vermont new hampshire and maine we are now the top 2 churches the top 2 on un- on, uh, on church states in the country, New Hampshire and Massachusetts tied for number one, Vermont and Maine tied for number two. And we can look again and say, There's no, How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And we come back to this moment, this core value together, and we realize if every single one of us We'll give the invite, if every single one of us will we'll, we'll spend our time in prayer, if every single one of us will spend our time serving, if together we do this, then the difference we make in our culture and in our states is going to be just as, as amazing. There's another core value it connects, There's this core value of the best we can. And that's one of the special things about the miracle offering. As we come in, we don't compare ourselves with anybody else. We don't feel bad about our gift. We don't feel prideful about our gift. We talk to God about our gift. God, what would you have me to bring? God, what are you asking me to bring? And it's with a heart and attitude. God, don't ask too much of me. But it's with a heart and attitude. God, I want to do the best that you believe I can do. We do, many of us ask God to stretch our faith, stretch our ability, and he takes us up on that. We see, we see what happens when we live that out. And then lastly, there's another core value it connects to, and that's the core value of heritage. On Sunday night, we realized that, so first, the first Sunday, we were blown away and we knew uh, we knew on on the Miracle offering Sunday we had passed the goal, and we were stunned and shocked, and there was a lot of texting and a lot of whispering amongst the staff and deacons. well, last Sunday it went up another it went up another five digits it 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 went up more and and we were just absolutely stunned stunned and then a couple. Uh, as I talked with, with a leader um, late, late uh, in the evening after worship night, I sent him a picture that I had taken during worship night. And uh, if you weren't there at worship night, it was just a special thing that happened at the end of the service. It wasn't planned, it wasn't, ha- it wasn't planned, but we ended up bringing all the kids on stage to, to lead us in, um, in another worship song. And so they came up and I sent the text and I said, uh, after they had given us, after we had realized what had happened that last week in the miracle offering, I said, what kind of church are we going to hand over to them in 15 or or 20 years? What kind of heritage are we going to hand over to them? And we, we just need to know as a church that um, we have done something that is much more than one offering and one well and one year. We've got to know that, that impact reverberates through generations. In the book of Hebrews, Um, When the author of Hebrews writing, he says, when you tithe, you affect your children's children. We know this, that what happened last week, when we hand this ministry over to the kids in kids' church and the kids in the nursery, they will one day hand it over as well. And what have we done for their kids through this? I'll tell you what, we have affected the spiritual realm We have affected this church for generations. And as much as we had no idea what God was going to do last Sunday, we we, we have no idea what he's going to do in the Sundays to come. We have no idea, but what we know is, he said, all right, the time's now to begin to blow your mind collectively as a church. Special, powerful. I know um I know on the miracle offering this year Michelle and I were excited to give but if I could be honest with you last year we were not excited to give. And uh not for the reasons you may think but Michelle and I when uh last year when it was coming to miracle offering and we were we were encouraging hey you know Bring your best gift, miracle offering. This is this thing called kingdom builders, which we've never done, but you're gonna believe us God's leading us into it. And Michelle and I were not in a place financially to bring the size gift we wanted to. And it was it really was a struggle for us. And um and when we gave, it felt It was the best gift we could give at that time, but it was not the best gift we'd ever given. And it was our best gift, but we were really hoping we would be able to give more. So as we gave, it felt, I almost felt a little hypocritical, though we weren't telling you to do something we we weren't doing. We were giving our best gift, but in our heart, we wanted to do more. I felt a little embarrassed and And as I talked with God, I'm like, God, this is not our heart. Um, We were, uh, you know, Michelle wasn't working last year. She hadn't worked for the 10 years prior. She was in school. She's still in school. She graduates in a couple weeks. But that's where we were last year. And um, I just want you, I just want to be able to speak to this, that if you're feeling that, if you felt that way this year, Maybe you're feeling that way now. I, I, just didn't. I just couldn't. I brought my best gift, but in my heart, I wanted to be able to give more. You're really feel like, If you're feeling really bummed out, I want to encourage you. You know what? I've been there. We only do what God asks us to do. If God asked you and spoke to you to do something and you didn't do it, that's a separate conversation. God didn't ask us last year to give more than we gave, but in our heart we really wanted to do so much more, but we couldn't. I want you to know, and one thing that we're going to be studying in our last week of of, of the series, leftover, is just to encourage you. God wants you. God wants to. God wants to bless you in a way that you can bless others. And there's lessons, that he learns a lesson that he's teaching us, and different things that he's doing in our heart, but. Um, I want you, I just want to talk about that for a little bit. You know, we can all be in one of these three places in, this, in the room this morning. We can, you know, you can be in a place, you know, we've been talking about giving God our leftovers. And we've just been trying to think through, don't just give them what you don't want. But some of us, we're not even in a place where we can give leftovers because we don't have any leftovers. And, and you're honest about that. It's not that you're overspending. It's not that you've got all these really nice cars that you're paying car payments for and you've gone in over your head. You just, you just don't have. And you can feel left out. You can feel poor. But I just want to encourage you that it's just don't give up on God, that God sees your heart of generosity and he wants to begin to move and, bring in, and to allow you to experience that. You've experienced the joy of receiving a miracle. And God, in his providence, in his timing, is going to allow you the joy of being part of the miracle for someone else. There are those of us in here who definitely at the beginning of the series, but maybe here still at the end of the series, we just give God our leftovers. We consume what we need and whatever's left or whatever we don't want. That's what we give to God. And certainly, we've, we've been there before, and that's not an experience that's unique to you. And then there's some who give God not just their leftovers, the things they don't want, but they give out of an overflow. I have, th- I have more than I could ever consume. And so you're beginning to hand out and bless people with not just leftovers, but you're blessing people with great things. You're blessing out of your abundance. And you're giving because you have more than you could ever even use. And there are people here who are giving that way. And, um, and some of you started on that journey during the miracle offering. That was the moment where God unlocked something in your life. That was the moment you crossed over into, into this area. Now, what I want to talk about today is, is moving from giving your leftovers to giving from your overflow. That that is something that God has for us, that we can give where we're not just giving him whatever's left, but we're giving to him f- f- first. And also, even after we're giving our tithe, we're able to give to kingdom builders. We're able to give from a place of overflow in our life. God wants you to give away, um, to get to the place where you aren't just giving your leftovers, but he wants to to get you to a place where you're giving away your excess. And that seems so far away for many of us. But this is something that God has for us. Now I read these verses last week. I'll read it to you again real quick. It says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I read that to you last week. I want to read to you the next portion of the scriptures, verse number eight. And I want you, from what I've just said, I want you to begin to to write your own sermon from this scripture. Verse number eight says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. We see. You see that? That God's saying, hey, listen, you're going to begin to trust me. You're going to begin to honor me. You're going to begin to give cheerfully. And here's what's going to happen when you do that. I'm going to generously provide for all you need. So I'm not just going to give you a loaf of bread. uh, uh, I'm not just going to give you a piece of bread to split between your family. I'll give you a loaf of bread that you'll have have extra. And you're going to have everything you need, which is maybe not anything you've experienced before. And then you'll have you'll have plenty left over to share with others. So this is not someone giving their leftovers. This is someone giving of their excess. This is what God is speaking to us. He goes on to use this analogy in, uh, of, of planting seeds and um, to help us understand in a you know, different way how God works financially within this within kingdom. And in verse number 10, he says, for God is the one who provides the seeds for the farmer and then bread to eat. He is our source for everything. It's not our employer. It's not the government. It's him. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Listen, if you were feeling... Over the last couple of weeks, like I was feeling last year, this is a scripture you memorize, you hold on to, as you remind God with. God, I'm not trusting my employer. I'm not trusting the government. I'm not trusting my business. God, I'm trusting you. And you want to allow me to step in a place of generosity that I've never experienced before. God, that's my heart. I want to see that. I want to be used by that like that. Next year when it comes to the miracle offering, I want to I want to do more than I could have ever imagined. So how do we do that? How do we move from a place of of lack to having leftovers to having an overflow? Couple of things because I don't want to talk long because I already talked a lot about miracle offering. So we'll move through this kind of kind of quick. But the encouragement from the scripture is to begin thinking like a farmer. All right? And so we want to take this analogy that is used in scripture that Paul used in scripture and begin to walk it out for us in our context. So, first thing, if you're going to move from leftovers to overflow, here's here's the first key, key number 1. Don't eat everything in the house. And we we can act in our personal finances like a group of teenage boys act to our refrigerator. Just cleaned it out. Um, my my friend, I was at a meeting with a, uh, a group of pastors on Monday, and my friend, he's got uh, two teenage boys who are uh, 16 and 19. And they said their friends came over, ate through everything in the house. And uh, he said, at a he point, he's like, you ate this? You ate? And uh, it was something that was in the freezer. that It, had, it was Hoodsy cups that it was in the in the freezer since the Red Sox World Series in uh, the first one. And he's like, you ate that? And he's like, yeah, it was fine. And, uh, and, this, and this was like a year ago. So they just go through eat everything. They don't care about dates. They don't care about colors. they it just it's food. Just give it to me. We, we want to make sure we're not eating everything in the house. And so what this is is a strategic thought to save. To just save something from the end of the day you ever go, if you've ever gone out to eat. If you're strategic, you can order your meal, eat your dinner, and then have lunch for work the next day. So some people are strategic like that. Some people have issues. <laughs> 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 so you start leaving from when you begin to work through your budget, you start leaving a leftover even if just a small amount. So that's 3% in your 401K. That's you know, uh, 1% that you're putting in a retirement account. That's the change at the end of the day and you're putting into a jar in the corner of your room. You begin to save even just a little bit. Even if what you have is so minute, it's three pennies at the end of the week, you're deliberate about trying to leave something left over. We don't go all doomsday preppers, where we're just stockpiling, stockpiling, stockpiling in a place of fear, and we're never generous, because that's not what God's called us to do either. Proverbs 21.6, and um, uh, Sharon, who's running ProPresenter, I've got three scriptures that I didn't tell you I was going to be using today, so you'll have to look them up quick for me, because I wrote them down during worship, and all I have is a scripture reference, and I don't actually know what the scripture is. So hopefully you've got that in the time. Proverbs 21.20, can you help me out? Uh, uh, I'll see if I get it faster from my phone. Oh, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. This is speaking to that. Don't eat everything in the house. Don't eat everything in the house. You've got to leave leftover. The second thing is this. Don't eat tomorrow's portion today. And the scripture, you can begin to get ready for is Proverbs 22.7, but don't put it up until I tell you. Um, One of my my favorite books is a book called Unbroken. It's a true story about a man named Louis Zamperini, and there's also a movie called Unbroken as well. And um, the movie doesn't go too much into his life, but Louis Zamperini was um, a POW in World War II, experienced so much. When, he, when the war ended and he finally came home, he was an alcoholic. He ended up giving his life to Jesus at the famous Los Angeles crusade that Billy Graham preached at, and uh, changed his life, served the Lord the rest of his life, and, um, and led many people. And, and Louis Zamperini is just cool. He learned how to skateboard when he was 70 years old. Just a cool guy. Well, one of the things that happened is... Um, they ended up having to fly a plane that they'd never flown before, and uh, it crashed in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, every crew member died except for three Louis, another guy who ended up um, living, and then a the third guy named Mac. And the three of them lived there on this life raft. And Louis and uh, these guys were stranded in the Pacific Ocean for 47 days. They were attacked by sharks and uh, they were completely sunburned. And then their rescue, they were ended up rescued by the Japanese, who then brutalized them and beat them. And, um, and, he, and they went through a lot for a number of years. When they first crashed and they got the life raft and the, they got three guys into the boat, and they begin to go through. The pockets of the life raft, and there were supplies there, which were terrible supplies. And after this incident, they began to change what they put in for supplies because it was not good. One of the things that was in the raft were six Hershey's ration D bars, which is a bitter chocolate. And what they were to do is to eat one of the squares of the bitter chocolate in the morning in the afternoon, and in the evening. And that was what they were to survive on until they got rescued. So Louis went over this with everybody. We have enough with these, um, with these bars. Here's how long that can extend us to. They go to sleep. When they wake up the next morning, Mac had eaten all six bars. So within a matter of hours they were out of all of their supplies. And if you just imagine that for a moment, they then survived another 46 days. Mac, um, he eventually did pass away on the raft, but the other two guys lived for 47 days. Just imagine, you just endure, you, you know, I don't know what you did in Plymouth, but here every people exclaimed like, I can't believe he ate it all. Well, let's begin to now look at our finances and have the same reaction. (gasps) I can't believe I'm eating tomorrow's portion today. One of the ways we do that is through debt, through borrowing money. Because we say, I don't have enough money today, so I'm going to borrow money from tomorrow to pay for today. And what you do is you end up compounding your problems. Mac, who's on a life raft, in a dangerous situation, compounded the problems when he ate all of their bars the very first night. You make your problems worse. You make your financial problems worse when you eat tomorrow's food today. That scripture, Proverbs 22, verse 7, says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. So now not only are you broke, but you're a servant. Someone else now is going to determine how you spend your money and what you do with your future. The next verse is gonna be Proverbs 13, verse 11. And here's the last thing of this so don't eat everything in the house, don't eat tomorrow's portion today. And then the third thing is prepare for future meals. If you think like a farmer, what does a farmer do? A farmer is working every day for the future crop. They don't stop in the winter, they're still working in the winter, getting things ready to. Um, to plant in the spring. When things are planted, they're still working to get things ready for harvest in the fall. They never stop. They never stop. And the farmer, he's preparing today for tomorrow. And their goal, one thing our goal could be is to produce more, to spend less. Is there a way to begin to, to cultivate an income, to cur- cultivate a, um, uh, a resource that we don't currently have, is there a way to prepare for future meals? This is saving through retirement is a way we do this. Uh, investing our money is a way to do this. We're saying, hey, I've got $10. If I invest this $10, it could be $2,000. And so we're, we're doing that. We're preparing. We're increasing. When you plant a seed, you reap a harvest. And we begin to think through, how do I plant a seed? So when our heart is, God, I want to be a generous giver, then God says, plant a seed. So the teenager or the kid, we had, we had kids, uh, uh, um, uh, fourth graders, who gave in the miracle offering Groups of brothers and sisters who gave in the miracle offering, some who just filled an envelope with change and put it in, some who put in their, you, you know, their their money, and they wrote their names on it. as Whole sibling groups. And what are they doing? What are they? What's God going to do with that young heart of generosity? With that seed that they have planted, He cultivates that. It grows. It develops. One of the one of the uh, ladies who attends our church, she does this, models this more than, more than anyone I know, and uh, her name's Lorene. What Lorene does is uh, at the end of the year, when she, and she does this with her groceries, she does this with her garden, but she takes her plants that she's grown, tomato, uh, zucchini, summer squash, and then she takes the seeds from those. Let's them dry throughout the winter. And this year, I, as I talked to her this week, she has bags and bags of seeds left over. So what does she do with this? And she's done, maybe she's done this for some of you. She'll take those seeds, she'll plant them, and then she'll give those plants because there's more plants than she could ever use. She gives them to other people in the church. So she had one cucumber. She takes the seeds and gives people plants. And now everybody has cucumbers. You capture that? So she is preparing for, a, for future meals, and not only that, she's providing for other people's future meals. And what did it cost her? Maybe it cost her 35 cents for the first cucumber, and that 35 cents spreads and multiplies and impacts and provides. This is something that not only does kingdom builders do, but something that God invites us to do. Not just to consume what we have, but to think, what can I do to change a generation? What can I do to change a family tree? What can I do to change my own family tree? What can I do to move from a place where I am now to a place of overflow, to a place of generosity? What God, so verse number 10, uh, as the band comes up, says, God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources, then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. This is what he wants. And that's just for you, for the person next to you, and for our church. Great harvest of generosity in you, in us, in the church. This miracle offering that is so overwhelming and surprising. It is a beginning. It is a beginning. It is a beginning of what God's going to do in the years to come. When I was a kid, my, um, my mom started the garden and I got to help her. And I, I'll never forget that first year, we ended up buying really good soil, you know, from, uh, from the uh, Uncle Henry's printed almanac, and um, when my mom made the garden, it was tomatoes and cucumbers and summer squash and zucchini and pumpkins, and I'll never forget that year how many zucchini we had. We just had so many zucchini. So we took what we wanted. We even were eating what we didn't want, because if we didn't want it to go to waste, and then we couldn't give it away fast enough. Like, (laughs) zucchini, you know, here, you have zucchini. Do you want some? You take some. And um, this happens, I think, to a lot of kind of first-time gardeners as you get into it. Zucchini is just something that you end up having to make up things like zucchini bread, because you just have so much you don't know what to do with it. And you end up, you're giving away your very best, And you don't miss it. You're like almost, you're happy to give it away. This is what God's inviting us into. This is what this scripture is speaking. You're going to give cheerfully. And I guess what happens when you do that? You're going to get to give even more. There's going to be a harvest of generosity that comes forward out of you and out of your life. So I close with this. As we've walked through our Kingdom Builders giving last year, and we've made a commitment to give toward the year, as we walked through the miracle offering two weeks ago, and, and God calls us to give more than we'd ever have before. When we're now in a place, whether you're in a place of lack or in a place of giving leftovers, even if you're already in a place of giving from your overflow, we always want to talk to God and process it this way. I have my plan. So from my budget, I know I can give this much every month. And you work that plan. The next place that we begin to get in is a place that you that you're probably in this morning is a place of vision. What could I do next year? What could I do in the years to come? And you begin to think through and dream. You even begin to ask God, God, if there's any way you could allow me to do this, I would do this. Then the third place is a place of dreaming. And you say, Man, this number seems crazy, but maybe one day I could give this amount. Maybe one day, my business would grow, and, and through the business we could give this amount. And you know it's beyond anything you could do, but if God moved and breathed on your business, or breathed on your career, breathed on your finances, then you'd have the opportunity to, to do that. This is the posture that we sit in. This is the place that we're at. God, what can you do? I know what I could do. It's not very impressive but God what can you do because you surpass all imaginations. I want us to imagine as we close our eyes to pray I want you to dream imagine what God could give through you one day maybe you're maybe you're a teenager in here you're you're still stuck in school and you just I just want you to begin to dream God could I? be one of those generous people in the years to come maybe you it's fixed income and you just think know what God what could you still do with me is there a way is there a resource is there an idea is there an invention God is there something just begin to dream God what could you give through me one day some of us we I would encourage you to go beyond just thinking about a large amount to think God if I if I'm continuing to being faithful with my three pennies every day, what would you be able to do through me, through my life, to, in my lifetime, through just years of obedience? Begin to see your heart is God's heart. And then what could God do through us? $55,787 beyond what we imagined or anticipated but I begin to see what God can do, what God wants to do. What is he going to do in the future? You know, we've spoken that one day in the future, we're going to give a million dollars to Kingdom Builders. One day in the future. That could be 10 years. That could be 20 years. That could be next year. We have no idea. But it's our dream. It's way beyond what we think possible, what we're dreaming for. What are we going to be able to do for a million dollars? Who are we going to be able to help? How are we going to be able to grow the kingdom of God? Jesus, we're overwhelmed this morning. What a day of celebration. What a day of awe. What a day of of praising you. There is nothing they could have prepared us for this. If we somehow had received a prophecy telling us this is the amount that would have been given, we would have assumed they were a false prophet. We just, we are in awe and stunned, God, about what you've entrusted to us. We thank you for our ability. We we did... In 2019, more projects than we ever thought. We gave more than we ever thought. And the year's not over yet, so we're not done yet, and we are just stunned. We thank you, God, for trusting us. We thank you, God, for using us. We thank you, God, for bringing us on this journey and growing our faith in this way. God, for every person here, I pray you move them to a place of overflow. Move them to a place where they, have a, uh, where they have plenty of leftovers and they have an opportunity to be generous to others. Leave them to a great harvest of generosity. And Lord God, Jesus, we pray you do this in Restoration Church as well. We see this as the beginning and what an amazing first step it is. Um, use every dollar, use every single one of us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The money's already gone. You can't steal it. <laughs> um, Jesus, what a good God.